Welcome to the Pick 6 Podcast. Happy Tuesday to you as we hurtle through this slow, slow off-season, such as life. We're still going five days a week, except we'll, we'll see what happens next week. But um, the man who's going to be doing a little bit of filling in for me while I'm gone, taking my much-deserved vacation, Pete Prisco is joining me today. Pete, what's going much on? Deserved. You're off like every other day. I don't know what you're talking about, much-deserved. Pete, I'm, I'm now a stay-at-home father in addition to a full-time sports writer, so... You're going to uh, you're going to the um, do some diving, huh? Yeah, we're gonna go. Uh, we're gonna go take. We're taking Robbie to the, to uh, Cayman Brack, and we're gonna do uh, some scuba diving. I'm Nitrox certified now, so we'll be uh, doing. I'll be doing three dives a day. My wife will probably do two a day. My mom does two a day. And, you're uh, night dive night diving. I don't like night dives. It's really creepy. Buddy of mine goes night diving, and he used to do cave diving. Ugh. I, I like I like just floating around about forty five feet. And, Checking out the cool stuff. I don't. I don't need the, the night dives. The night dives are. I don't mind doing. Them. I've done them with my brother, and it's, we've seen some cool stuff. But it's you really can't see what's lurking around the corner, and it's a little bit creepy. I uh, I never got certified, but I've actually you know done it before. It's fun. <laughs> I um, am I fessing up to something I'm not supposed to have done? Nah, you know, because I, I know so. I had tanks. I went and dove with them and. You know, back in the day, and I'm going to tell a story back in the day, we used to be able to actually dive in the Boca Inlet. Wow, which, really? Yeah, that's how clear it was. And then not anymore. I mean, I'm talking about 30 years ago. Yeah. Anymore. Yeah. I mean, it, we were in there, but I remember one time my dad, we were, one time we were actually just snorkeling and uh, my dad was with us. This is 30 years ago and this giant grouper came up and it looked like when you look at it real quick, you can See shark out of the corner of your eye. Uh, my yeah. dad was like, "Oh, that's a shark!" I, he starts panicking. I go, "Dad, it ain't a shark. It's a grouper." My dad once played a prank on me. It's not really a prank, but he did it anyway. Um, he was like, "Oh, look under here. Check out this." And I stuck my head in there, and there was a, uh, a five foot nurse shark sitting down there. Nurse sharks won't attack you, but I was about two feet away from its face and sort of freaked out. Bull but, sharks will attack you. Boy, yeah, bull sharks will come after you. A bunch of. Them. I love I love the moray eels. I, yeah. I always told my, I keep telling my wife one day I might get a tank and it's going to be the tank of death. I'm going to get, listen to this. This is a Prisco tank. She goes, you're, you're demented. I get a moray eel. Okay. Yeah. I get a little baby shark. <laughs> I'll get a, a, a scorpion fish. Okay. I'll get a, uh, uh, what's the, uh, the box jellyfish. Yeah. You can get a lionfish too. A lionfish, the box jellyfish. And then the, the, what's the, um, the one that, the, the rays that come up and kill people over in the in the um yeah the manta ray or the 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 stingray Mexico no it's got a name it's got a different name it's not just a stingray it's got uh gosh what is that there's a whole group of them in in off in Mexico the people go there and they they kill the divers the manta ray no it's not a manta ray it's um God, it, it, if I think about it I'll get it but that would be that would be the tank of death. That throw sounds incredible. I like this. this Bar- is a- throw a barracuda in there just for fun, you know, just to liven it up because, you know, those are fun to watch. They, you know, when they get big, they're, some of those things are gigantic, but, um, yeah, think about it. The scorpion fish, the, the lionfish, they could kill you right away. The, well, uh, the lionfish doesn't attack you. No, but if you touch it, you can, yeah. You, yeah. And you know, that's a, it's actually a delicacy that they serve in some places. Dude, I've they're had lionfish tacos. They're awesome. Yeah, I heard it's really good. Yeah, and lionfish ceviche. That one you're a little bit nervous about because it's, um, but yeah, it's just yeah. the stingers that well, kill you. They're all over the Caribbean now. Oh yeah, it's terrible. Yeah, they, they're brought over from Japan and they're, they're wrecking the Caribbean and ruining the, the, 
the fish life there. But um, doesn't that sound like a, you know, most people want a tank. They want all the color and then, and, and all you the, want you know, death. The, the clown fish and the sea anemones and all that. <laughs> and I want this, I want the tank of death. I like the tank of death. I like this idea. Uh, that seems like something that Tom Brady would have because Tom Brady is rich. Tom Brady squid, also. The squid. It's a squid. It's a certain squid that's a killer squid. Oh. The Mexican. It's in, Mex- it's in Mexico. Uh, just remember that. I'll tell you what it is in one second. The Humboldt squid. Yeah. Wow. Derek, All right. Put one of those in there too. Good God. You come near my tank, you're asking for it. <laughs> of course, you realize like all those things will probably kill each other. At any rate, Tom, <laughs> Tom Brady. That'd be part of the fun. <laughs> That's true. That would be, that would... That's what the world's about, isn't it? Yeah, it is. My, my son, <laughs> Robbie, Robbie. Just major trophies in that tank. <laughs> You're right. Robbie really likes these, uh, planet Earth things, but then he's sort of like, wait, why are they, uh, why, why is that thing about to, he's like, why is it, why are they playing tag with it? I'm like, I don't worry about it. That's just part of life, pal. Um, Tom Brady, skipping OTAs, uh, you can give a, uh, on a, on a one to ten craps, how many craps do you give? Zero. Even on Tom Brady? Zero. It doesn't matter. What's it matter? It's just a little, Dig at Belichick, but look, here, here's the thing with all these guys missing OTAs. They're going to show up. They're going to play. They're probably going to get new contracts, some of them, and it will move on from there. Look at Aaron Donald. He didn't, he, Aaron Donald didn't take part in anything last year. Did it affect his play last year? No, he went defensive player of the year. Right. Yeah. So it doesn't, for these kind of guys, this stuff doesn't matter at all. Brady's going to put the work it somewhere. He's going to be in great shape. Um, you know, it, 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 Donald, clearly what he did last year didn't matter. Beckham, look, he's going to be there, right? I mean, Beckham's going to be there, so he's not even right. skipping. So yeah. it's, okay. And Julio, he just saw what Matt Ryan got paid and he's sitting back saying, I want my money. And, and, you know, I get it. So, uh, but if he, what's he going to do? Is he going to sit out the season? Nobody sits out the season anymore. Right. Nobody sits out games. It's, it, it, when was, it, you know, these guys do a couple games here and there and then they come, you know, crawling back in. That's well, Aaron, do. Aaron Donald missed the first game, but not because he was skipping it. They basically held him out. But yeah, I mean, the new CBA has, has built in the function where people don't skip games. Now, interesting quote from Tom Brady in 2013, Mike, Mike Girardi of, I believe of, uh, of, um, uh, NBC Boston, right? Or CSN Boston, uh, pointed out, you think, God, it's just another OTA in the springtime, and this is Tom Brady from 2013, and it's not that important, and all those things that could probably enter your mind, but the truth is, this lays the foundation for the start of training camp. If you have a good training camp, it usually means a good start of the season, and a good start of the season leads to a good position during the second half of the season, which leads to a good playoff, so everything ends up having some significance to it, and I would say, too, Pete, that with Tom Brady, at least, I mean, you know, Julian Edelman's coming back from an injury, I'm not worried about him and Gronk having a rapport, but Jordan Matthews is new. Um, Malcolm Mitchell missed most of last season. Sony Michelle's new Jeremy Camp, uh, and he'll be there for the mandatory. These OTA days were never around back in the day. They are voluntary. They, they never existed, and we 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 create mountains out of molehills. Now, if he's not there in training camp, then you got an issue. Okay, is, is this a bigger? Is this a bigger fake story? Is this a WWE storyline, or is it? Or is it more real? There's than clearly tension between him and, yeah. and Belichick, but that, you know, there's always been tension between him and Belichick. It's just now, you know, I think you get to the point with coaches like Belichick and Tom Coughlin and Barcells 
where it wears on you so much that you just like, oh my God, this is enough's enough sometimes, you know? And I'm Tom Brady. Enough is enough. You don't need to ride me constantly. I, and, and so I think that's where those guys are. Gronk's is a different situation. Gronk wants a new deal. Right. And he's, and he deserves a new deal and he should get a new deal. Period. I mean, you look at some of the contracts around this league. He's the best tight end in the league, arguably the best tight end ever. He deserves a new deal. And, and that, so that's where his problem is. Donald, I was told by somebody Donald wants to be high uh, before the recent, you know, quarterback deals. He wanted to be paid like a quarterback. That didn't happen. That didn't happen. No. And and then, uh, you know, so look, if you're not there for training camp, even if I mean, even if you miss a couple days of training camp, it's not that big a deal. These guys have been around. They know what it takes. They know what it takes to keep their body in shape. And so I, I think we're we're creating a mountain out of a molehill. All right, this is actual NFL news, I think, and I like it, even though it's 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 way down the road. Who knows if we'll be alive in 2023 and 2024, but hopefully we are. Hopefully we're still covering the NFL. Hopefully we're still doing this podcast, Pete. That would be great. That means it's doing pretty well. Uh, and if you like this podcast, by the way, subscribe, rate, and review on iTunes or your favorite podcast app, and tell your friends. Um, Arizona and New Orleans are likely to get the 2023 and 2024 Super Bowls. They've changed the bidding process so that it's just one city, one area presenting to the NFL. Um, In the interest of you having been to a lot of Super Super Bowls, Pete, I believe close to 30? Are we at 28? 28, I think. Oh, wow. I can't believe I know that. That's impressive by me. I think it's 28. 28, 20. Well, 25 was um, New York. So what is it? That's, That's, yeah. So, yeah. No. No, it's, wasn't it 25 New York? I think 25 was Arizona for- This will be my 30th, I think. Wow, we're gonna do something special for 30. Okay, well let me ask you this then. I mean, I think Arizona and New Orleans are two of the- One other note, now that Peter King has left uh, Sports Illustrated, I'm the longest tenured uh, NFL writer in any, any internet online. Are you really? Yeah. Not counting, doesn't count newspapers, right? No. But you're the longest tenured, tenured- National. National. uh, Internet writer. writer. Yeah. At one wow. Yeah. Congratulations, man. Think about that. That means, well, A, that means I've, I've been around a long time. Yeah. And B, uh, thanks to CBS for keeping me around for a long time. Well, you do a great job, Pete. I don't know why I'm, I feel like I'm, I'm in a generous mood. Doesn't that make me feel old though? I mean, it doesn't, it makes, it, it, it's something about age involved there. There's a joke in there somewhere. Well, yeah. I mean, honestly, like I was reading Peter King's goodbye column today on MMQB and he was, you know, thanking everybody and, Linking back to some of the articles, I mean, I remember reading some of those stories. I would, I would go and cut my, the grass at my dad's office when I was a kid. And, um, after I would get done, I'd have to wait for my mom to come pick me up because I wasn't, you know, I was, wasn't 16 yet. And I, I would sit in the, I would sit in the, the break room, the kitchen area at his law office and, and, and read those, read those Sports Illustrated stories. And I mean, you know, it was, it was Dr. Z and Peter King. I mean, it's, it's pretty crazy how long, uh, some of you, Old timers been that thing. Been around, right? I've almost been doing this for a freaking decade at CBS. That's, That's a decade now for you, almost. I, this will be like eight or nine Super Bowls. I mean, it's pretty crazy. Yeah, it's, it's unbelievable. It, I mean, you just you blink and it's gone. I mean, you just don't realize it. I, I mean, I started covering the league in in eighty nine or eighty eight or whatever it was. That's a long time ago. All right, well, let me ask you this: What are your not three favorite Super Bowls, but three favorite Super Bowl venues? As in, what are the three best New Orleans, cities? New Orleans, New Orleans, one, two, and three. All right, that's what I'm talking about. I mean, I I think New Orleans should have the Super Bowl every single year. That's what I tweeted it's, earlier today. I saw your tweet, and I agree with you one hundred percent. And I've been to 
My first Super Bowl was in New Orleans. Uh-oh. 49ers, 49ers and Broncos. Wow. Uh, and that's how long, here's how long ago that one was. The 49ers scored 55 points in that game, I think it was. And in the locker room, they were screaming, all the players were screaming, we got the speed limit. Because the speed limit, <laughs> you That's right. <laughs> that was one so, of the worst Super Bowls ever, right? In New Orleans? It was that one? Well, the, we had the, 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 um, 49ers, uh, Chargers. Super, 49ers Ravens was a good Super Bowl. That was in New Orleans. Oh, yeah, yeah, no, no, no. I just meant the, the 49ers Broncos one. That's oh. New yeah, that was a bad Super Bowl. Bad. Yeah, yeah, no. Forty Nineers Ravens is a good they Super Bowl. Go over the top of him about eight times. Poor Tony Lilly was a safety for the for the Broncos. They kept throwing right over the top of his head. He yeah. was spinning back there. But, uh, yeah, but the New Orleans Super Bowl. So that one, there was the Ravens Forty Nineers one. The Packers Packers one beat the Patriots in New Orleans. I was at that game. Yeah. Um, and that was that was fun for me because I knew a lot of the Packers from from like. Leroy Butler and Edgar Bennett and Terrell Buckley. I don't know if Buckley was on it, but I knew a lot of those Packer guys from Jacksonville from when they were kids and stuff. So that was a fun Super Bowl. That's crazy. Uh, I, I remember watching that Super Bowl in high school. That was the year that uh, Jacksonville almost went. That's right. That's right. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think for me, the thing about New Orleans is, the, I mean, obviously the city is fantastic. Everything is just close enough without getting too clotted. You don't, you feel like the, it is a party for the Super Bowl, but you don't feel like it takes anything over because there's always so much festivity going around there. The food is awesome. There's no nightlife for the everybody. It's awesome. The, the what? Awesome. And the food and the drink are awesome. Yes. I mean, it's just a great venue. It's just easy. Yeah. Everything you could walk to the stadium if you want to. Yep. I mean, no, no disrespect to Minnesota because I I did both Super Bowls in Minnesota. The first one was ten times better than the second one. Wow. The reason I say that is because everything was downtown. It was easy. You could walk around. Where were we? We were in Bloomington, right? Oh, it was and brutal. To go downtown, it was 30 minutes late, and the weather was atrocious. I mean, come on. We, we'd walk into the stadium. Remember, our faces were freezing off. It was ridiculous. But but you know what? Minnesota, The Minnesota folks were the, among the nicest people that have ever hosted a Super Bowl. They were, I mean, they, they were so accommodating and, and nice. And But it was just – I think it should have all been downtown. And when you're out – 30 minutes, and that's the greatness of, of New Orleans. Everything's right there. I mean, everything from from the, the media hotels to the to the team hotels to everything is right downtown. There's nothing better than that. And you can you – can, it's a little bit of a hike, but you can walk to Bourbon Street from like that downtown area. There's also that casino downtown. I, mean, yeah, I, I agree. You walk to the stadium. I've, I've done it. When I, I did. covered during Super, I don't know if I did it at the Super Bowl, but I know I've covered games there where I've walked from the hotel to the stadium. I walked, I walked from the, from our hotel to the, to the Ravens, uh, 49ers Super Bowl. Yeah. I mean, yeah. it's just, for me, I think there's, there's none better, but if I had to rank the cities, if you, I had to give you two more, I'd go one, New Orleans, two, see, South Florida is great, but it's spread out. Yeah. And so is Arizona. Out. Yeah. And Arizona is very spread out. Uh, I liked Indianapolis. I know that Indianapolis not... was great. Indianapolis was fantastic. That, that's that, and I I'm in the minority on this one. I actually like New York. <laughs> I thought New York was good. Yeah, because everything was contained. If you can contain me in a biosphere for the whole week, I'm happy about it. <laughs> I'll grow my own food. You know, Detroit was like that one year when they had the Super Bowl, and they have a um, the GM building is in a hotel. It's the Marriott, and everybody stayed there. 
and all the radio row and stuff was at the bottom like it was in New York at the bottom of the hotel. Yeah. So, you know, you can, you could just, it was self-contained. You didn't have to go anywhere. You just stay in the, in the hotel. And I, I joked around with everybody. I said, we grew our own food there the whole time we were there. <laughs> I like you the know, idea. Well, that, all right. I know that much. Supposedly Atlanta's going to be an easy walking around situation, which is good. You mentioned, um, uh, 40 Super Bowls in Atlanta have been bad though. True. You mentioned it, the 49ers. Let's talk about the 49ers. We're going to do them as our off-season t- team to talk about their off-season, and we are going to parlay it into a discussion of your 10 guys who could break out in 2018. But what are your thoughts on what the 49ers have done this off-season? I, I mean, I'll go ahead and tell you right now that anybody who thinks they're going to go over on their win total is extremely optimistic because it's nine wins. That's crazy for a team that was at the the basement of the NFL. That's what happens when you get a franchise quarterback. But they go out and you know in the draft they go out and they go out and uh, acquire Weston Richburg to be the center to go along with Jimmy G for the Jimmy Garoppolo of course for the long haul. They signed Jarek McKinnon to a big contract. I don't know if he's a feature back. They add Mike McGlinchey in the draft. They pick up Dante Pettis, who's a nice return man as well. They've done a good job of putting some pieces around around him, and then I think they've also done a nice job. They've got Richard Sherman in free agency. They, they've put together a pretty decent little defense there as well. You like what the 49ers have done. I do, but I think they're a year away. I agree. How many? Uh, I think they're going to, this is going to be a competitive year. They might win six, seven, eight games. Next year, they're going to be legitimate. Because I think John Lynch is, gets it. He, he and, and Adam Peter, they get it. They, they, you know, stockpile good football players. I mean, you look at their roster, there's still some concerns. I, I, I the receiver position is still a concern. Mate, it's, it's not a major. I, I love Dante Pettis, by the way. I'm a, I'm a big Dante Pettis guy. I think he's going to be a really good player, but that's a concern. I think defensively, it's going to take some time. Um, you know, the whole Reuben Foster situation, the way that looks like it's going to be back on the field, that's big for them, obviously. Huge. Um, you know, defensively, if they can get, that four going, because you remember last year they had injuries there, but when Buckner, Armstead, and Thomas are going to be on the field together, that's darn good. But they still don't have a great speed edge rusher. Now I know they signed a, a, a Tachu from, from, um, from San, from Los Angeles, the Chargers, and he's a possibility to help them a little bit, but they need to get somebody going on the edge and, and somebody become a factor on the edge. Um, you know, you mentioned my, by breakout players, and I had two 49ers on it. I think George Kittle, you saw a hint of what he can do, really do, in the final game against the Rams. I mean, for 100, had a 44-yard catch. I mean, this this kid has the ability to be a dominant tight end, uh, in the particularly as a pass catcher. He's a willing blocker, too, don't get me wrong. And, and then, you know, the other kid is, Adrian Colbert is going to be a special player now. You talk about you talk about a, a, a find in the seventh round. Wow. He can run. He's physical. I mean, he, call, he calls himself the Punisher, and there's a reason for it. But more <laughs> than that, you know, usually when a guy is the Punisher. He calls himself the Punisher. I like well, that. Well, that's, if you look at his Twitter bio, it's the Punisher. But if, 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 you know, usually with a guy like that, they punish and they're good in the run game, but they're not great in, in, in coverage. That's not his case at all. I mean, he can fly, and he flies to the ball. He might be the next great safety in this league. That's how impressed I was with what wow. he did down the stretch. And, you know, it's funny because I watched him, and then I kept getting talking to guys in the league, and they kept saying, the Colbert kid, the Colbert kid. And I went back, and I watched more tape, and I was watching some the other day, and I went, wow, yes, I, I see what they're all talking about. 
So do you think that this de- – I mean, does this defense then if, – if everybody stayed healthy and they got a full se- full good season out of uh, DeForest Buckner and Eric Armstead and Solomon Thomas and Reuben Foster plays like the way he did when he was on the field and Richard Sherman is healthy, I mean, does this defense have top ten potential? Next year. They need- I mean, I think they're going to be pretty good. Don't get me – you know, they'll be borderline ten. But next year they have a chance to – they still need the edge rusher. They're still got to find that guy. If somebody emerges – as that guy, then yeah, because Jimmy Ward, he's going to go play some corner and he can do that. Yeah. You know, now that they got Colbert back there, they can move Ward to corner and they were working him there. Uh, you know, Sherman's healthy. Uh, you know, the other corners are okay. They, you know, they need, they need something better from those guys. Um, but I mean, you look at it, Will, and I mean, you, you know, yeah, I think they can, I don't know if top 10, you know, Witherspoon's, you know, they got Witherspoon still. I mean, they, they, I don't know if top 10, but next year I think they can be top 10. What is the, do you, with the offense, do you think that they, you can give them a little more leeway because it's Kyle? I know that you're not, I mean, you like Kyle Shanahan. You're not a, I think Kyle Shanahan's brilliant. Yeah. yeah I think but, Kyle, China, Kyle Shanahan's one of the smartest coaches in this league. The problem with Kyle Shanahan is, is Kyle Shanahan becomes his biggest problem. And he became his biggest problem in the Super Bowl when he was coaching for the fa- coach of the Falcons. I mean, you can't, you can't just let your brilliant brain. And I, and I say that and I, I sincerely mean that he is, when it comes to football, he's brilliant, but let that operate. You don't need the, you know, I'm going to show Bill Belichick and I'm going to, you know, you know, I'm going to be, uh, the guy. This is my offense, Matt Ryan. You, you don't got to be that guy. Just, just be Kyle Shanahan, brilliant play caller. Cause that's who he is. And I think if he is that, then this offense is going to be really good because I think Jimmy Garoppolo, again, slow the roll. Uh, I'm 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 one of the voices out there saying that I love Jimmy Garoppolo, but it is a small sample size. So let's slow it down just a tad. We love the run. You know, everybody says, "Well, look what he did against Jacksonville." If you go back and watch that game, a three things happened in that game. One, the Jaguars found out that they clinched the division before they took the field that day. Yep, emotional letdown. Two. Uh, well, they were playing Tennessee the next week, who had a chance to knock, they had a chance to knock out of the division rate and get out of the playoffs anyways. So that game seemed more important. Three, they've always played poorly on the West Coast. Let me go to four then, actually. Three, they've always, Jaguars <laughs> have always been bad on the West Coast. And four, Kyle Shanahan out-schemed the hell out of the Jacksonville defense that day. Hmm. If you go back and watch that game, he had guys wide open because he schemed them up really well. So, I go back and I look, look, Jimmy Garoppolo is impressive. I like Jimmy Garoppolo. I think he's going to be a really good quarterback. But again, we have to slow it because it's a small sample size. And how many times, Will, have we seen everybody rush to, to something? Uh, Matt Flynn. Remember Matt Flynn? I mean, he was terrible. He's not Jimmy Garoppolo, but remember, but remember RG3? RG3. Colin Kaepernick. Uh. Uh, well, I mean, I'm not saying, I'm saying <laughs> nah, from a nah. football standpoint. Yeah, I, was no, I agree. That. I was the one guy at the Super Bowl when he was the, the next great wave, great, next great thing, standing there talking to guys and all over. I said, this will get figured out. And eventually, when you get that running element figured out, you eventually have to go play the quarterback position. And so, but I think Jimmy Garoppolo can play the quarterback position. I just want, in, in all the warnings of everybody rushing up, Let's slow it down just a little bit. Like I, Jimmy G is not going to automatically be an All Pro quarterback who throws for forty five hundred yards and thirty five touchdowns this year, just because he is great and he's playing with Kyle Shanahan's offense. Now he has a shot if at he doing is, it. Then, then you know what? Then they're going to be really damn good. That, I'll tell you that right now. Well, if, he's, he, if he's an All Pro quarterback, they're going to win ten games. 
Or if they win 10 – I mean, I think that they, two things will go hand-in-hand, hand, I guess is my point. You just said you didn't think he was going to – you didn't think they would win nine games. Well, I don't think you? they will, but I don't think he'll be an all-pro quarterback. There's only two all-pro quarterbacks. I I don't – I think he'll be – One all-pro quarterback. I think he's going to be good this year. I think he's going to be really good next year. I, I agree yeah. with that. I also think that – I mean, look, the, the same thing with Deshaun Watson. Deshaun Watson was incredible, but we have a limited sample size. I mean – I mean, let's be honest about it. He, he threw seven touchdown passes last year for the 49ers and five interceptions. Yeah. So I go back to the same thing when I always said about Deshaun Watson. We rush these guys. We got to see him go through the league once. It's it's again, it's like a pitcher in Major League Baseball. We've seen this happen before. A guy goes through the league and and everybody goes, "Oh, wow, look, he's got a." And then they figure him out, and he's eleven and twelve next year with a five point four three ERA. I mean, I'm not saying these guys are going to get figured out like that, but again, we 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 rush this thing. But he, I like Jimmy G. Don't get me wrong. Let's run through some more of your breakout guys, non-49ers editions, but clearly we like what the 49ers did this all. Where, where do the 49ers finish in this division next year? Second or third? Second or third. I don't know yet. <laughs> Who's the, I assume you have the Seahawks. Seattle's going to be the last team. Seattle's last, Rams are first, you have the 49ers jockeying with the Cardinals? Yes. Okay. That's, I think that's. Heard a lot of good things about Josh Rosen already, by the way. Mm. A lot of good things. I like right. I like the I like Josh Rosen. I do too. I I had Allen one, Josh Rosen two, but who are you hearing about Josh Allen? I haven't talked to anybody up there. I will though. What, when you say good things about Josh Rosen, can you expound a little bit? Uh, picking it up really fast. Do you think that he starts week one? If you had to guess right now, mm, no. Let week Bradford four? play and then... week four, maybe. Okay, so he's he won't be long. No, I he's... mean get on with it. Well, why wouldn't you? He's the most um, ready guy. And then, uh, I mean, some of those other guys on my list, I mean, when you look at Miles Jack to me, people, at the end of last season, he was playing at a dominant, in the playoffs, he was dominant in the postseason. And everybody always goes, well, what happened to him the first year? Well, they, they moved him around. They played him a strong side linebacker. Then he played on third down inside and then he moved him around. He never really got comfortable. He had to learn both. Last year he was the middle linebacker. You know, people keep, I keep seeing people writing. Paul Pozzolosi's gone. Now the Miles Jack has to play middle linebacker. He was the middle linebacker last year. He started at middle linebacker. Pozzolosi played the strong side and then he would stay on the field. And, and to me, early in the season, he overran a bunch of tackles because he was so aggressive. But by the end of the season, if you put on those playoff games, all three of them, and you put Miles Jack on the tape, that's a special player right there now. If he plays to that level, that defense could be even, even nastier than what it was. Miles Jack, by the way, that won't even be 23 until September. He's it's young. unbelievable. Yeah. He's, I mean, isn't he sort of like a Roquan Smith type in terms of being a perfect linebacker for today's game? Maybe a little yes. bit bigger, stronger than Roquan? Yeah. 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 And yeah, exactly what he is. And, you know, Roquan Smith is, is a little thicker in the lower body, I think. You know, Jack Miles, is bigger up, to, but Jack used to be a running back. Weight. My, Miles Jack lost weight last year. That's one thing I saw him at the end of last year. And you know, I did that, spent time with him and did that piece on him before the draft. And, I told him, I said, you look leaner and he was down to about, he was down about eight pounds, nine pounds and he, and he played faster. It's a, fa- it's a speed league. Vinny's yep. tough enough to, you know, play, make, take on the thumpers in the hole if you asked him. Uh, two guys that stood out to me. One, Chris Godwin. And I'm sure that the fantasy guys will be knocking down your door. They might be knocking down our door right now to get into that podcast room, but we'll wait, we could wait for a minute. Um, Chris Godwin. The guy who could step in and be the third weapon or maybe even the second weapon in that Bucks offense. 
Yeah, it's interesting. I looked at Deshaun Jackson's deal today. They, they, you know, they wouldn't just cut him because you're giving up. He's got too much dead money on the contract, but you know, maybe you trade him or something because I, they love Chris Godwin and I was there last summer in camp and, and they were raving about him then and it took him a while to get going. And it was weird. He only played like 28, 27% of the snaps because Humphreys played in the slot as the third receiver and you had Jackson and, and, and Mike Evans. But when, you know, guys got dinged up and Evans got the suspension, you saw what Godwin did. He, he actually made some plays. They love Godwin. I think, I think Chris Godwin's one of those guys that's, you know, quietly going to end up having a, dominant year this year for them where he plays is he the third or the second that that remains to be seen if they you know look Deshaun Jackson is Deshaun Jackson he can fly he gets open you know he still gets open the problem is Deshaun Jackson wants the ball on every play and that kind of messes with the psyche of the quarterback I like Deshaun Jackson but but and I would keep him I would keep all three of them my, my team if I was the coach of that offense Adam Humphreys would be the one sitting down Okay, I'd play Godwin, Deshaun Jackson, and Mike Evans. I mean, if you add those guys and then put Cameron Brait and Howard, OJ Howard at tight end, it's like it's hard to figure out. And with Ronald Jones in the backfield, it's hard to figure out. Do do you think Jameis Winston had a good year? Jensen at center, so they can move Marpet to guard. They're going to be better football. That's a better football team. That team is going to be a can push for the playoffs and maybe more. That team could be a surprise because they've gotten much better on defense. What about Derek Barnett? You got him on the list. I love Barnett coming out of Tennessee, and now, as you know, Vinnie Curry gone. He went to Tampa Bay as one of those free agents that, that the Bucks signed. Um, the Eagles added Michael Bennett, but it seems like a pretty good bet that Derek Barnett, who, by the way, broke Reggie White's record for sacks at Tennessee, uh, could end up being a starting defensive end for this team. I think Bennett will start, but Barnett will end up playing a lot because Bennett will slide inside on third down and passing downs, and you know you're nickel 65% of the time. So in 65% of the snaps, he's going to be the right defensive end rushing the passer. So I, for me, uh, I think he's going to get a lot of action. He's going to get a lot of single too. I mean, you go across the board. You're you're playing the Eagles. You line up. You come to the line of scrimmage. You have Fletcher Cox and Michael Bennett lined up inside. Brandon Graham and Derek Barnett lined up outside. Somebody's going to get singled. And you know the way Graham rushed the passer last year, it's probably not going to be him. The way Cox rushes the passer, it's probably not going to be him. So Bennett or and or Barnett are going to be singled a lot, and they're going to have to win. And I think both of them are capable of winning. So I think Barnett will have a huge year. All right, last one. We can be quick on this one. Deion Dawkins, I think, is an interesting name because people are burying the Bills. But you pointed out that Deion Dawkins started 11 games as a left tackle last year with Cordy Glenn Hurt, and now he gets to step in, right? He was fantastic last year. I, I Watching his tape, I came away. I said they don't need Cordy Glenn. I mean – and now he, they could have kept Cordy Glenn and played him at the right side, but the bottom line is he is a mauler in the run game. And once he improves his technique, uh, I think he's going to be even better in pass protection. But, but a lot of those holes that were opened up, him and Incognito on that left side, they were mauling dudes over there. LaShawn McCoy ran through them. So I think Deion Dawkins is 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 going to be a, a guy that's kind of a lot of pro bowls. By the way, I almost put Cam Robinson on that list too. Mm. Cam Robinson, to me, I didn't think he played as well as the Jaguar people thought he played last year, but I, he has the chance. Because he has the tools, the toughness, the talent, and the skills to be a dominant left tackle. So that, 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 I left him off. I thought about Josh Dotson. Um, you know, the, there's always the young players you get into this list and, uh, Justin Evans is a safety for the Bucks. So I considered him. I love looking at these young guys ready to take the next step and, and see if they can become, you know, legitimate potential you know, guys who can be Pro Bowl players in their second or third year. I'm ready for you now that you're not living in Jacksonville to pick the Jaguars to win the Super Bowl, Pete. Might be the year. They're going to be in the mix. I'll tell you that right now. They have a legitimate shot to be that Super Bowl team. People yeah, think that's crazy. That's no, not crazy. They're they're one game away. They're one they quarter be away. They might be better. They're going to be better on defense than they were a year ago. Yep. Uh, the better. The linebackers will be better. 
you know, you know, they don't, they, they trade out DJ Hayden for Colvin. That's kind of a wash. Um, they're going to be, the only concern is, is at times they have mental mistakes that have to drive them crazy. And third and 18 is a perfect example in the playoff game. There's so many mental mistakes on that play. If they don't have the mental mistakes on that play, maybe they're playing the Super Bowl. Yeah, maybe they beat the Eagles. Well, fascinating. What if? All right, we got to get out of here so that way the fantasy guys can record fantasy football today. You should be listening to that podcast as well. Stay tuned for more Pete as he helps fill in while I'm on vacation. We will talk to you guys tomorrow. Thanks, Pete. All right, all right. see ya.